guys, um, this is Emmy and this is The Emmy Show. <laughs> um, just a little disclaimer for this bonus episode. Um, it is potentially triggering. It involves um, both a recount of um, covert hypnosis and sexual assault. Um, I don't go into super graphic detail, but uh, just to let you know that. Um, also, um, I'd like to say before I, I get started in this episode, um, I will be recounting, not in super detail, but in, in a overview way, my own experience, um, an induction, if you will, <laughs> into, um, the world of, uh, covert hypnosis. Um, in addition to that, I'd like to say um, that this episode involves two individuals, um, yeah, with the last names Wibble and Freeman, and uh, you can guess which one is which, I guess, if you want to do a search. Um, both of them know about this podcast, and I am publishing this knowing there's at least some possibility that they could hear it um and I guess I just don't really give a shit anymore if they do or not because <laughs> I I, uh, I think it's important to get this um information out there to help other people so so yeah this podcast will detail my interaction with someone named John with one of the two um, last names I just mentioned on May 1st, 2020 and thereafter, and um, someone with the first name Carl with one of the last names I just mentioned um, thereafter. The only other disclaimer that I, I will say is that um, after the May 1st, 2020 encounter, um, there was a painting in my bathroom, um, that had heart, a heart and, uh, some butterflies that you'll hear more about in the episode. Um, I realized, um, several weeks after May 1st, 2020, that, um, the heart from my painting, um, the paper heart was missing. Um, it was gone. Uh, so yeah, without further ado, um, this is my own experience and induction, if you will, into covert hypnosis. Um, and if you're listening, Carl and John, um, fuck you. <laughs> the rest of you enjoy. And I guess hopefully be warned. <laughs> okay, here we go. I had just broken up with um, a rather abusive boyfriend of two and a half years. I was single for the first time in six years. Um, living alone for the first time in a new city. I didn't have any friends. 
I was trying to branch out, so I got back into um, blues dancing, which is something I'd done in the past, um, but not for some time. I started going to every event that they had, um, meeting people. Um, everyone was very welcoming. Um, and this was the beginning of, of 2020. Um, John, I, I met him for the first time at a, a practice party at one of the organizers of the dance event's house. Um, he came in kind of midway through the, um, the practice party and um, we exchanged names and had one dance and that, that was it. Um, I noticed he, he seemed to always be around when I was talking to somebody else, the people I thought I knew better there. Um, the breakup was still pretty fresh for me, so I was, you know, um, talking to some of the people that I thought I knew there about that experience, and I, I noticed he was always around, you know, near shot, and I'd catch him looking over, and I mean, I thought maybe he just had a crush. And admittedly, at the time, I, I found him attractive. Um, so I guess maybe I, I found it, you know, flattering, if anything, I guess. Um, I didn't think much of it. I continued going to the dance events, and he wasn't at most of them. Um, I didn't really think about him, but then I started branching out into more fusion dance events, and he showed up at a few. He'd always for, like pretend to um, forget my name, but <laughs> I could tell it wasn't genuine. Like I could tell he remembered, but he was pretending like he didn't. And I thought maybe he was just you know trying to play it cool or something. We didn't talk. Um, we had maybe one, two other dances ever. Um, like I said, he was, he was hardly ever at any of the events. Then right before COVID happened, one of the last events before COVID, um, it was a fusion event. He showed up and again, he was always in earshot, you know, when I was talking and uh, I saw him dance with somebody and, and one of the other dancers came up and, you know, uh, asked me if I, uh, if I'd asked him to dance and um, so, so, you know, I did and, and that was it. But then after COVID hit, I, I added a bunch of the dance people on Facebook because I figured we could stay in touch, you know, during the pandemic and I would know when they started the events again. Um, and kind of on a whim, actually, I, I just, I saw he was a suggested friend um, because I had added a couple of other people, including the organizers of the events. Um, and he was a suggested mutual friend. So I, I just pushed the add button on a whim 
and uh, a few days later I saw he'd accepted um, he had like you know over a thousand friends so I, I didn't really think much of it as most of the dance people kind of added each other and you know I continued to get to know um, the people I thought were my friends in terms of the organizers and, and individuals other than him in that that world um, and things did get admittedly odder as I got to know them better it's probably another story for another time perhaps um, but at any rate um, he'd never really interacted with me at all on Facebook and he didn't have my number um, we didn't interact at all um, but I guess it was probably late April um, he had liked uh, the first thing he'd ever liked on my, my profile it was a a video I had posted of a, a workout video I had made on YouTube, which I don't normally post that kind of thing, but it was one of my new things. So I I did, um, and he just liked it. Um, and then about a week later, I had posted a picture of uh, me painting, like a painting I'd done, and um, he'd liked it, and. May, uh, May 1st, um, of last year, of 2020, um, you know, he had made some comment on, on the picture of the painting, and, um, I don't even remember exactly what it was, but, uh, he commented on it anyway, and I made some comment back about how I was, you know, I was about to go get some wine, and I was gonna do another paint day, because it was my day off, um, and so um, he um, was like, oh, that sounds like fun. So we started private messaging on Facebook. And um, it wasn't very long of an interaction, but I invited him to, well, I mean, he kind of invited himself and I, I obliged, I guess, um, to join, you know, with the painting and the, the wine. Because um, there was a specific wine I was excited about finding, and I found at this market. Uh, maybe 30 or 40 minutes away from where I lived. Um, so he said he was down. He seemed enthusiastic uh, to join. And it was still the middle of the day. So I, and he was a friend of, a, well, at the time I thought an acquaintance of, of friends, and I guess as it would turn out, maybe more like a, a friend of uh, acquaintances. Um, but yeah, um, I, I gave him my number that point um to make it easier i was like i need to grab you know wine but uh, i gave him my number um the first text was may 1st uh at 2 29 p.m i told him i'd tell him when i was back so i went out and got wine um i got back at uh 4 408 actually he texted me about 40 minutes later um you know, because I'd given him my address, saying he was downstairs waiting at the lobby. Um, so I go down and answer, and he's he's right there. Um, I didn't see a car or anything, so I, I don't know, you know, what his car was like looked like. Um, he had an olive green backpack with him. Um, he was immediately looking around, kind of surveying the place, I guess. Um, I led him up the stairs to my apartment. It was on the third floor. Um, 
he he was looking at my pla- my paintings, you know, kind of um I guess surveying the place inside and you know, flattering me, saying stuff like, Oh, I never knew you were the cool kid in a fusion scene. Like if I'd known we could have been hanging out a long time ago, you know. <laughs> I was just like very like this dis- disingenuous um pleasantness. Um I don't know, it felt off at the time, but I just kind of like pushed it out of my mind. I was I was having a really good day, so I just you know, I, I didn't want to be overly uh, you know, paranoid or anything. So I was like, maybe he's nervous or something, you know? Um, so yeah, he asked if he could creep on my paintings and I was like, yeah, go right ahead, you know? Um, and so I, I poured us some wine and I, I handed him a glass and excused myself to the bathroom. Um, so when I came out, you know, I kind of motioned to the canvas and the paint on the ground. And I was like, you know, do you want to start painting? Because <laughs> that's, you know, kind of what I thought the point was. Um, but he said we should sit and uh, talk first. So he motioned me, you know, to join him on the, the futon. So like looking from the door, I was on the left and he was on the right. Um, I was closer to the kitchen and he was closer to the window. Um... I remember I mentioned his backpack, like why he had one. Um, he said he thought he would bring it since we were having an art night. And uh, at, at first, it took me a bit to remember this, to be honest, because um, it, it it was a bit foggy after. But um, I do remember that he, he did take out a camera. Um, I knew he was involved in photography and video because um, he's a indie film person involved in um independent horror horror movies is his genre of choice um on the the photography and and cinematography side but anyway um he took out his camera and i think at one point i held it i I may i may have taken a picture i know he did um and then i remember he put the camera on the ground next to his backpack but not in it just under the futon on, on the ground and then um yeah so this is when he asked me um or kind of said uh you know do you want to play a game or like we should we should play play a game and I was just kind of like okay <laughs> um and he goes like I'll ask you a question um and then you can ask me one um, so I said, okay, um, kind of like, you know, playing along, but also kind of confused because I'm like, we're in our thirties, like, why are we playing 20 questions? But, um, so he starts asking me questions and, um, I'll be real. Um, it's all really disjointed and, and, and foggy. Um, there's a lot of questions. Um, I know he told me he was an orphan. Um, he was adopted. Um. I'm not going to go into all the details in this um, recount of what happened. Um, I'm just going to tell you some of the highlights because I I hope that in doing so it might help somebody else. I'm not going to go into gory detail or disclose everything that I remember, but yeah. So during this question game, um, he asked about my relationship history. Um, 
he at one point brought up my ex-husband. Um, I, I said something about, you know, my ex putting cameras up before I left him. And I was kind of telling him the story of that because um, he was asking about it. Um, while well, I was kind of in the middle of, of, of telling him, I guess, the <clears throat> cliff note version of the story, um, he, he interrupted me really abruptly. And he said, I, I do remember this verbatim. Um, he said, I, I don't want to waste your time or mine, so if I say anything that triggers you, just let me know. And, like, his voice was, it was kind of, like, firm on the first part of a sentence, but it, it kind of softened toward the end, so I was a little taken off guard. Um, I didn't know if I offended him or bored him or, like, what he meant by the sentence, so I just was kind of like, okay. Um, I was kind of just told him I, I doubted he would be able to trigger me because, you know, my triggers were pretty specific. And I, I think I, I think I even said a few of what they were. Um, and then I, at another point, he asked me, um, "So what are you working on?" And, and I was kind of caught off guard because it was a pretty, pretty vague and strange question. And he kind of reiterated, like, "What was I trying to accomplish as far as goals in in the year?" Um, and I, I kind of thought it was a weird question, but I was like, you know, with COVID just starting, like maybe, maybe it wasn't that weird. Um, and then I noticed I still had my New Year's resolution list on the wall nearby. Um, I'd forgotten to put it away before he came over. Um, so I made some comment about how I assumed he'd already seen what my goals were. Um, and, and I noticed his eyes kind of darted uh, to the list, and he sort of half rolled his eyes and said, well, I mean, I was trying not to look, but... So I mentioned a couple of, you know, my goals, and I know some of them were like, you know, apologizing less and dancing more, you know, before COVID and how I was trying to learn code. Um, and he asked me more about that. And I mentioned that I wanted to learn Python so I could eventually go into cybersecurity and ethical hacking. Because since I'd had technology used against me in the past, you know, by people I thought I could trust, uh, I thought it would be fun to, you know, and cool to start a group to um, kind of offer cybersecurity and like ethical hacking and stuff to women and children who were facing um, like technology problems and threats um, from like their abusers, you know, in their attempt to escape uh, bad situations. And he said something about um, the coding languages that he knew and indicated that, you know, he was um, somewhat versed in that world. And then he made some comment about how he just wanted to go to make money. And there I was, quote unquote, like trying to save someone. And this is, um, this is when it got like kind of weirder. Like I, I heard myself say, um, I haven't saved anyone yet, but I want to. And I was surprised because it, it just, like it just came out. Um, it's the first time that night that I felt like I didn't have like that pause, um, of deciding. It was like things just started happening. Um, and coming out of me without me having, like, without me des deciding, without me having that moment to decide. Um, and I do remember that he did look a little bit, you know, surprised and just kind of smiled. I know he asked about my art, um, and he asked me what my oldest piece was, and I told him it was this one that was in my bathroom, you know, that, that had a heart and uh, butterflies on it. 
Um, and I told him there were some more that were put away. And I know he asked me at one point what determines which were hung out and which were stored away. And I, I said partially it was which ones I could handle seeing every day. Um, and there's a lot of uh, gap and uh, missing pieces. Um, but yeah, I know at one point one of his quote-unquote questions was um, he asked if I wanted to cuddle. I actually use that word. Um, and he moved like closer to me, um, and he was like feeling my arms. And I know he said he liked the feel of my skin at one point, um, or the consistency of my skin, something. Anyway, um, yeah, so he made a comment on the workout video I posted, um, and, uh, I said something about how I don't normally, you know, push, post stuff like that, but I was trying to, like, push myself, and it was, like, my new thing of the week, and I told him about that, and, um, he asked if he was my new thing for the week, and I was like, no, you're not a thing, you're a person, um, he brought up something on my Facebook timeline that I had posted, like, months before, um, which was weird, and he said that, like, I asked him about it, because I was like, that was months ago, and he said that, you know, when he found out he was going to come over and see me, he thought he should, um, you know, uh, look at my wall a bit. So he started asking me about my tattoos and what my longest session was, and... I told him how long it was, that it was just under six hours, and it nearly broke me, and then I know he asked me if I stopped because of the money or because of the pain, and I, I said, I, I guess both, and then the, the questions, they just got weirder and more honed on, like honed in on um, pain and, um, you know, sex. Um, he told me he was just dipping his feet into the scene, um, referencing BDSM. Um, and he said, um, you know, that FetLife was where they were announcing, like, when they had meetups, and he told me that I should join, and, um, he told me about a, a, a club that he went to, and he said that I, I just needed a buddy I could trust to go with, you know, because I told him I didn't think I would be interested because I, I feel like that would just be feeding myself to the wolves, and, um, yeah, he said I just, uh, I just needed somebody I could trust, um, to, uh, to go with. At one point, uh, again, it's really foggy. There's more questions, um, I don't remember all of them, but at one point he asked me if I considered it a date, and I heard myself say I'd like it to be and he said well good I'd hate for there to be any confusion later um and then he said it was my turn to ask a question but he wanted to ask me if, if he could kiss me um and my mind was was just kind of blank I, I couldn't think of anything so um this is kind of when he started phrasing things in this really specific way of um I was like, he would say, um, can I, um, or can you, but he wouldn't say it like a question, it was, um, I don't know, like the inflection was off, it was like, 
it was like he was like stating it, you know, like like just a statement or like a command, not like a question. Um, so I know he kissed me. I don't remember the questions he asked me after, but there were some, and there were some more things. And then he asked me um, if like, you know, if he could give me a massage in the same way. Um, so I said, okay. And then he said, uh, we should turn the bed into, a, the futon into a bed. Um, and he told me to lay face down. I know it was still light out because I, I could see the open window and the open shade. The right shade and the left window uh, from inside were open. Um, I remember that. Um, he, um, this is when I got weirder. Um, he told me to, you know, close my eyes. And then he said, uh, okay, the first thing I need you to do is take a, take a deep breath in. Um, I feel like he said something else about my breath. Um, I know he counted at least three. Uh, I don't know if there were more. Um, he asked me if there was any air in my body that felt especially heavy, I think. Um, I started feeling more disorientated mm -hmm. that I didn't realize it at the time. I just felt weird. Um, I said something about my legs, and he said, your legs feel heavy. Again, it was like a statement, not a question. Um, I think I said something about everything does, I think. Um, I know he gave me a massage. It was mostly in my shoulder, this one area, my shoulder blade. And then he started biting me. Um, and I lost, I lost time. There's just a really big fog here. But at some point, he told me to turn around on my chest and I felt my body start to turn over and then stop and turn back on my chest. Like I was, it was like I, like my body was just literally responding to what he was telling me to do. Um, so yeah, uh, he laughed and then said, you know, turn chest out. So I did. And I opened my eyes for a second and it was dark outside. And then he reiterated saying, um, can you keep your eyes closed for me? But like a, like it, like it was like a statement in it, you know? Um, um, I know he, in the same, it was the same format for every quote unquote question. He asked me, it was just like a statement, um, like embedded commands. Um, I know he told me to open my mouth and stick out my tongue at some point. Um, I know he said something about that he had studied sexual psychology, which seemed super fucking weird, but I just was so foggy. Um, I know he closed a window um, and eventually a shade. At one point I did go to the bathroom and, and I, I tried to get up to change the, the music. Um, and he followed me, 
he followed me to, to my phone when I changed the music. And I, I felt like he was looking over my shoulder to try to like see. Um, I know he grabbed my hips really hard. And he, um, he bit my, up my thighs. Uh, I, I guess it must have been really, really hard because it, um, it left bruises in the shape of a mouth um, up my leg like deep bruises, um, they were there the next day. Um, I know at some point I looked over to my cat and I don't know if it was actually what, what was happening or if like, it's just what I, what I saw, but she looked terrified and she was like, she was a frozen, um, her back was arched and she's never looked like that and she was just kind of frozen there. Um, so he kept having me keep my eyes closed. Um, the few times I started over them, he would repeat the same thing, you know, like, can you keep your eyes closed for me? Like, a statement, not a question. I know at one point he, you know, in the same manner got me to dance with him and I, I wasn't dressed and I don't like I'm usually not one to stay undressed if the lights are not all completely off um I know there it was near a mirror I know and I know at one point in the same way that he'd asked me but not really asked me to do other things I know he said um can you show yourself to me um and I, it's like, I didn't, just like with everything else, I didn't, there wasn't, there wasn't any space. Like I didn't actually do, like decide, it just ha happened. Like, I know I kind of like staggered because I guess maybe whatever was controlling what I did or like whatever subconscious like I didn't know what he meant by that I guess maybe we just laughed and in the same like can you wait um he told me to you know turn around um and then I like I saw myself like I just it I did and and then he told me to go you know he said can you um you know go slower and then uh I did um I know my arms were numb at some point, and he seemed to think it was funny. I know he asked me about my work, my schedule, um, you know, if I carried a knife all the time. He asked about if I journaled and where it was, and there's a lot of gaps, you know, to be, to be real. Um, a lot of vague memories and a lot of gaps. Then at some point he says, um, in this weird, you know, again, more like a, it was, it was off. He says, by the way, if you do want to have sex, I brought condoms. Um, and I was like, I don't know. 
and he replied, you know, like, again, weird phrasing, um, and the inflection was off, but it was really foggy. He just said, um, I mean, it's up to you, it's what you want. So I don't even know if I said anything or if I just said okay. Um, he had lube and um, condoms in his backpack. Um, he used the same kind of phrasing of like, can you? Um, and told me to get on my knees. Um, I dropped down on my knees with, again, I just, I saw it happen. I didn't, I didn't do it. It just, it just happened. Um, and I know I felt scared that something was going to happen, but it was really foggy. I know he laughed and said, no, on the bed. I mean, like, get on your knees on the bed. But I couldn't get up. Like, I, like, my legs, it, like, they were just, like, I was on the ground and I couldn't, like, they wouldn't work. Um, so he carried me onto the bed the futon, um, it, I knew it tipped over because it was really unbalanced and then he fixed it and put me back on it and I kept, I kept falling down, um, I couldn't keep myself very upright and I just laughed again and seemed to think it was funny. Um, I remember parts, I'm not going to detail here. Um, but it is disjointed and it's foggy. Um, afterwards, um, he asked me if I wanted to take a shower, but he said, you know, you want to take a shower. <laughs> um, and then when we were walking towards the bathroom, he said something about, did I get in your head? <laughs> um, like I knew the wording was off, but I was still really out of it. it seemed amused again. Um, and when we got to the shower, um, I, I got in and he said, I, you know, I don't think there's room for both of us. You go ahead. And he stood outside of the shower and watched me. I think he showered after. I don't, I don't remember for sure. I know I gave him a black towel. Um, at some point he said, like made a mention of um, you know thanking me for the wine, which by the way was one bottle between the two of us, all night, all day and night. Um, he said something about that he brought a flask because he wasn't sure if he'd like the wine, but it wasn't bad. Um, I'm not really sure why he said that, unless he brought something in the flask or something. I, I don't really know. Um, but I, I remember him saying that. Um, in the same way that he asked everything else, he, you know, quote-unquote, asked me to come sit with him and cuddle more. He seemed worried about finding the condom, but he couldn't find it. I was feeling really foggy, and I started, you know, remarking on him. You know, like naming the drinks I'd had out loud, and, and I realized that I'd only had like two all evening. And um, he asked me, um, "Why are you trying to add up your drinks?" And I said, "You know, I'm trying to figure out, or I was trying to figure out how shit I would feel tomorrow, but I guess I actually hardly drink anything. 
and he said that, um, you know, that I'd be fine and I, I just needed sleep. I knew I felt off, but I just, I couldn't figure out why. Um, he was petting my cat and I, I didn't like it. I asked how old she was and I told him only three. Um, like that, you know, she was only three. Um, and um, yeah, then he made this weird statement, like he was petting her, but he look, was looking at me, and he said, um, oh, you're just like a 16-year-old girl, aren't you? And I think I said something like, I guess, because I was just confused. Um, I tried to pet her to get him to stop touching her, um, and I started talking about how unhappy she was when I had to put her in a kennel to bring her to the new apartment. And he said something about how he could imagine, and then when he was looking at me, he said something like, I can't imagine what it's like to be in a cage. And then I lost time again. Um, it's like foggy. Um, he said something about liking my apartment and how it must be nice to live alone. And he said something about how I must walk around naked all the time. Um, and he's like, oh, well, I would if I lived alone. And then I, I think I said something about that I didn't do that that much because, you know, after having cameras in my house when I was with my ex, I just didn't feel, you know, comfortable so much anymore. Um, and he asked me, he kept looking up at the ledges and he asked me um, my ex's names and if they were still local and if we talked and if, if they had lived in my apartment I was in. And then there's another, you know, time gap asked something about my my workout equipment in my apartment and where I went to the gym um, in my routine and stuff and then at some point before he left um, he told me uh, you should stay single for at least a year um, he, he told me it would help me establish stronger boundaries um, and then he said that he thought I would like my 30s more because most guys were over, you know, kind of over slut-shaming by that point. And then he reiterated the, um, like, the evening in his own mind, I guess. Um, he said something to the extent of, um, well, we didn't paint, we talked for five hours and had sex for two hours. But he was there, um, you know, like he got there around four PM, right? And he left, I think it was close to midnight. I know after 7.30 was like when he's when he's started doing things like, you know, like sexual stuff because it was right before dark. But it was like almost like he was trying to re like reset reality or like outline a different way of what what happened um I, I think I tried to put clothes on um and to walk him to the door and he said something about like why are you getting dressed you're staying here and I realized you know after he left that my clothes were wrong side out um anyway um before he left he said something about you know to call him tomorrow, but he'll let me rest. And he didn't want me to see him out. 
after he left, I saw um, when I went to the bathroom that there were, you know, red marks on my back, um, bruises on my legs, and other things indicating um, activities that I didn't remember happening. Um, that night I just felt, I was really relaxed, but I didn't, I was foggy though, and the next day I just, everything felt so disjointed, um, and I had some bruises and, like, you know, kind of sore, I found the condom, threw it away, um, I felt this really disturbing, uneasy, but it was overlaid with this weird calm, you know? I ran um, twice, um, like probably close to 12 miles, um, and I called my brother. I, I hadn't checked out with him um, the night before. He's always my check-in and check-out buddy, and I, I never, never neglect to check out no matter what. Um, I texted John later that afternoon. It was May 2nd at 6, 10 p.m. You know, um, I was still really out of it. I didn't remember most of the evening, but I was so foggy and disjointed, I I didn't really know what to say. Um, I actually indicated that I had fun and didn't let on that I felt weird because I wasn't sure what had happened. Um, he responded um, a few hours later saying that he did too and that it was a crazy out of the blue unplanned thing <laughs> which I mean seemed kind of weird considering that he you know I remembered that he brought stuff to my house you know um anyway um it, it just it was really strange um he kind of continued um, the next day to, you know, mention that he wasn't looking for anything super serious emotionally or sexually. Um, and I was like, you know, I didn't think you were looking for a girlfriend, no worries. But I, I was really confused and disjointed as to what had exactly had even happened and why he had asked me so many questions and did everything that I even did remember that he did. Um, So, um, yeah, he asked if I was okay, you know, if I wanted to be dance art cuddle friends, um, that he'd like that. Um, I didn't really know what he meant by that, but it reminded me of, you know, the weird cuddle question the night before. Um, it started to feel really queasy, um wasn't really sure what the fuck had happened, but I just kind of said okay. Um, he said he was glad we were on the same page and that we could be friends. And then the next day on the 3rd, around 3, he sent me a text saying, oh, I almost forgot. I was going to ask you, you know, would you be interested in doing a photo shoot? And he wanted to ask me if I'd ever had my pictures taken, if there was a particular theme or like if I was comfortable in front of a camera. And, um, I was like, well, if, if I don't know, I'd have to think about it. I don't really like having my picture taken. Um, but I was sure, since he was a photographer, um, that he probably had something in mind if he was asking me. 
He asked me if I knew how to pose, and um, if I, I didn't, he said it was okay that he would direct me. And then I, I said, I'm sure um, you would. You seem relatively good at that, which kind of just slipped out, but actually seemed quite accurate given, given everything. Um, he continued to try to um, Facebook message me, but he didn't text me. He switched to Facebook messaging. Um, I got strep throat within a couple weeks of him coming over, um, for several weeks after, um, I, I always lock both of my, my locks on my door, but for several weeks after, I'd find my door, like, after I'd been home, it would just be unlocked. Um, I woke up several mornings feeling, like, off, but not remembering anything, um, continue to Facebook message me and ask like we were friends and even ask me to hang out with him and he would make a day and a time but then you know like he wouldn't I mean I don't remember him showing up um but then he'd just keep planning things with me Every now and then he would um, make a comment on a photo publicly or message me something with some word from that night or some aspect of that night, and it would remind me of different parts. Um, it took me about a month and a half or two months to start really putting the pieces together. I'd had a lot of depression issues. Um, uh, a lot of really deep unrest. I was trying to figure out what the hell was wrong with me and what had changed. Um, I couldn't put all the pieces together from that night. I finally, um, I finally started trying to write it down and make sense of it. Um, my instinct, it, it felt like I had um, been hypnotized, but that seemed so crazy at the time. I just, but I, I started kind of, you know, researching what that would look like and then I was kind of horrified but also semi-relieved to see that um it it it, it did fit um you know it, it seemed very familiar um I finally called him out um June 26th not absolutely directly but I texted him because he was again still trying to get me to hang out and just after attempting and failing to basically set him up to <laughs> meet me so I could record what he did and failing, because I think he already got suspicious that I knew it was up, and finally in June I just called him out and was like, look, like, I never consented to your fucked up mind games, you know? Um, we're not friends, don't ever call me again. Um, and then I, I blocked him on Facebook and yeah, unfortunately, I confided in the wrong people. Um, I mean, some of the right people. Um, my brother was great and understanding and massively supportive, um, but I confided in some of the wrong people in the sense of people I thought were my friends that, as it turns out, I guess, were his friends and my acquaintances um, who uh, pretty much just told him and covered for him and pretended to be my friend, um, and that sucked. 
Um, at any rate, um, I guess I should have probably figured that out considering he was out there, you know, house for the party when I met him. And it was a pretty small group of people that were there. But maybe I just wanted to believe they were really my friends. At any rate, um, I started pulling away from those people. Um, they seemed to be trying to keep tabs on what I was doing and if I was going to report. So I got suspicious and stopped, kind of stopped associating with them um, around August. Then um, it got weirder, believe it or not. Um, I met this other guy. Um, I'd met him through an app, a dating app that I already had. We hadn't hung out yet. His name was Carl. Um, we first hung out a day or two before Halloween, actually. I think it was October 29th. It was a Thursday. On a dinner date. Um, our first text ever had been August 22nd, but we'd never hung out. And it kind of just fizzled out due to, um, I guess, what he said was, you know, him helping his parents in Northern California with the storm cleanup. But he reached back out to me October 22nd about meeting up. It only contacted me like maybe like one other time, it was like September 12th, I think, between those dates. Um, the date was good at first. Uh, we got cocktails and vegan food and then it got really weird. Um, I know he added me on Instagram from his dog's account, which I ended up blocking just because it seemed really strange. Um, after the one night, you know, um, I told him I wasn't interested in dating him, but we could be friends if he wanted, and I was really surprised when he was enthusiastically on board with that idea, because it's not typically the case. Um, so we, we started to be friends. Um, I mean, I thought we were friends. Um, he started getting to know me. There's a lot more to it. Um, maybe one day I'll tell that whole story, maybe I'll write it instead, but at any rate, um, we started to get to know each other, and before long I felt like I'd known him my whole life. It was only platonic after that first date, um, but he had this weird way of um, talking to me. It was like he would start sentences and then finish them, and he'd start new ones. It was like super choppy. And he'd always keep me up really late, you know, and like, he'd tell these stories that were, that were winding and seemed to have no point. Um, and when we'd part ways, I just would feel confused, like it would, it was just really disjointed. Um, that I just thought maybe he was weird, you know. That I was, I was starting to think of him as a friend and I really needed a friend at the time. Um, so anyway, um, around Thanksgiving, um, probably like right after Thanksgiving, um, he spent the night at my house, the first time since our first date, um, and, uh, I noticed the week after he left, even though nothing happened, it was just, like, literally nothing happened, um, except those weird stories, I mean, nothing that I remember anyway, um, Weird stories. Um, 
and it would be foggy, but, but then, anyway, in the week that followed after that time, um, I kept hearing this, this beeping at midnight in my apartment, and I couldn't for the life of me figure out what the hell it was coming from. At the time, I was um, seeing somebody um, casually, um, so I wasn't spending every night at my apartment, which I guess in hindsight it was probably a blessing. Um, as uh, about a week later, I was cleaning my apartment, and I found there was a watch um, under my, my futon, which I, you know, since the John experience, I had gotten an actual mattress and had moved the futon to the opposite corner of the apartment. Um, but I found this watch. It's a Casio watch. And I found out that's what the beeping was coming from. So I was trying to figure out how the hell it got there. And there was only one other person it could have come from besides Carl. And I remembered, I had this image in my mind, I remembered this other individual putting his watch on and leaving. And it didn't, it didn't seem like it was a Casio. And then I remembered that when Carl left my house that next morning, he had been in the process of putting his watch on, and then a knife had fallen out of his pocket. And I remember because he had stooped down to pick up the knife, and I, I looked at the knife when it dropped because it absorbed my attention. And I was watching the knife when he picked it up, and I was so busy watching the knife that I didn't see what happened to the watch. It was right beside my futon when that happened. And I realized it had to be his watch. And so the next time he came over to my house um, was because we had decided to spend Christmas together since he was such a good friend. Um, so we had a bonfire and he brought hot chocolate and um, we, we looked at the stars. And I don't know, there was so much. Again, maybe one day I'll, like, I'll tell the whole story, but there was so much. And he kissed me, and I let it happen. And then he wanted to go back to my house again. And, and he always seemed to want to go to my house, and I, I wasn't sure why since, you know, nothing that I remembered at least ever happened. But um, we went back, you know, to my house and I, I asked him about the watch and it was his and he seemed surprised that I found it. Um, and I seemed surprised that he hadn't missed it. And I asked him why he had an alarm for midnight and he said that, you know, something about that it helped him go to bed earlier. Um, and that and that night was strange. I don't remember anything else happening, but I know he gave me a massage um, that night. And I know it was disjointed the next day. Um, and he said something about how he couldn't get the smell of my hair out of his nose sometimes, and that whole day I thought I smelled him, and it it was odd. Um, 
He also said that he liked the consistency of my skin, just like John had. Maybe it was a combination of all of it and my subconscious putting things together, but I remembered the next day how he'd mentioned casually that even though he was a carpenter, he'd started working on independent horror film sets. For some reason, it never hit me before, but I did that day. I had this horrible, horrible thought that, you know, the film industry in San Diego is relatively small, especially independent horror films, and I had this horrible, interesting thought if what if, what if they actually know each other? Carl and John, I mean. So I asked him, and he said, um, well, it's funny you should ask. And then I went on his, um, as I was texting, I went on his Instagram, his actual Instagram. I, I Googled it and found several that I had not been friend requested from. And I found that he was friends with him. Um, pretty much every social media platform. <laughs> and that his brothers were too, and with another director that he works with. Um, so yeah, um, the short version, because that's all I feel like doing tonight is, um, and it gets weirder, trust me, but um, he knew things about John that he wouldn't have known unless he was a good friend. Um, that became very, very obvious that they were much closer than I thought, and I didn't even know that they knew each other. Um, he made comments about photos and me, um, leading me to believe that my hypothesis might be true and that there might have already been a photo shoot that I don't remember that he may have seen. And judging from the fact that he friend requested me from his dog's Instagram the first time we'd ever hung out, unfortunately, it seems likely that he knew me before I ever met him. And he didn't want me to see that he was friends with John. Um, that's why he used his dog's account. So, um, yeah. I was kind of in shock and obviously horrified. Um, He'd already tried to get me to go to Death Valley with him and his brothers, and thank God I didn't go. A series of other really sad things, because I thought, you know, I thought we were friends, but at any rate, um, I, uh, I guess I just needed to see it for myself in person. I, I guess I didn't want to believe that he would really do that, you know, they were really friends. So he had asked me to call him that night, Carl had, and so I did. And he said it was about New Year's Eve plans, but I knew it was about what I'd asked him. We ended up having a conversation and it was raining. And it was COVID and there was nowhere to go and I, I wanted to tell him and talk to him and ask him in person because I'd never told him, you know, what John did to me and I, I didn't want to think that he knew and gosh, that he'd, you know, done anything similar, but 
So I asked him to come over because I, I wanted to talk to him in person. And he said that there was nothing he would like more. So um, again, there's so much more to it, so much more to it. But in short, um, he came over. He asked me what John had done to me without me actually saying he brought up an LP and he related it to sex without me saying anything about it. Um, he brought up some of the techniques they used without me saying it. He started using them that night. Um, everything got foggy. He ended up sleeping over and I don't remember him doing anything but that doesn't mean that it didn't happen. Um, and the next day, um, you know, I, I parted ways with him. He got really weird that, that night, the night before, trying to, so much, but part of it, like, trying to act like he wanted to date me and all this. Um, he wanted to be that guy for me and all this weird shit, just out of the blue. Um, saying that, you know, if I lumped him in with John, it would almost be like letting him win. But he didn't want to sound manipulative. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, we parted ways. He kept telling me if I didn't have any plans for New Year's that he had a few ideas, and I'm sure that he did. He mentioned again that they were thinking about going to the desert again. I rented a hotel for, for New Year's Eve because, frankly, I was too fucking freaked out to stay in my own home because I was still finding the doors unlocked at random. Um, I saw him one more time before I left town. Um, I gave him my futon mattress because I, I had no one else to help me move it. And I kept my brother on speaker with me the whole time. Um, and my phone, on my phone in my pocket. Um, but he still tried to convince me to go to the roof with them and talk. And he asked me about the night and I think he knew or maybe suspected that I was catching on. But then when I played dumb and was like, oh, you just told a bunch of stories, then he made it about, um, you know, what he'd said about wanting to spend Valentine's Day with me or whatever. But it, it was obvious that wasn't really what he was worried about. I let him think it was, you know, what I remembered. And all I remembered for my own convenience, as I felt disturbingly sure he could find my Airbnb if he really wanted to, because I'd already told him where I was going when I thought he was my friend. And that's the last time I saw him, and I hope it's the last time I ever run into him.